0: This is the Roaring Elphin Podcast, and we're back again, me and my buddy Dave, to finish off open source.
1: At least talking about all of the apparently oh. terrible things about open source. Yeah,
0: yeah sorry for that. Did, did, I mean, we have to make this a little bit more clickbaity, so I had to
1: say that so now <laughs> I can make a nice tag for the video on YouTube, because we
0: are on YouTube, people.
1: Indeed, like, comment, and subscribe, as they say. <laughs> Uh, right, enough of that. Let's talk about uh, the, the the last two apparent downsides of open source. You might be sensing a pattern here. There's a lot of uh, things that I disagree with, but let's just let's just talk through these last ones. And I think these last ones are actually, in my mind, like the least contentious. And they, these are the two that actually I probably agree with the most. So let's let's see where this conversation goes and if. Uh, Jan has violent disagreements with me.
0: Well, I'll agree that they make total sense, but I don't think they're not contentious. I mean, I think a lot of people have totally different expectations of these two topics.
1: Indeed. So let's unveil the final two topics well, in this uh, series. First one is
0: a absolute truth. I mean, how can you ever dispute this? Open source is free, right? Just free software you can download everywhere. With full support, obviously, and upgrade parts, guaranteed. <laughs>
1: So the uh, misconception Oops. or the thing that's wrong with apparently open source is nothing is really free. Uh, I mean, I, the reason why I think this is the least contentious is if you're just talking about the, the initial acquisition of the software, um, that's probably about the most free part of uh, the whole i was gonna say open show open source ownership but that's not really what i mean the whole open source um journey maybe experience, I don't know. maybe experience yeah but like the actual acquiring of the software um is probably the most free part of it but you can't from, acquire from software only onwards, a right to use but from that point onwards <laughs> like you're you're paying for it in some way, shape, or form. So even from that initial kind of acquisition point, um, and I'm going to continue continue using the word acquire, even though it's not technically correct. Um, you know often, often code may well be just provided, and then you have to download it, have some sort of build environment, actually build the code if it doesn't come with binaries. Um, yeah, you know, all of that is is time, and there'll be a kind of a recurring theme here. Often, the payment, if you like, um, for open source is it's not financial. I mean, it can be financial in some cases, but often it's not financial. Often, it's it's time and it's your investment in time and effort in order to use that particular open source based or open source solution, software, technology, service, whatever it might be. Yeah, you had had all the summarization there, that was all. Yeah, something like that. Um,
0: Yeah, I mean, true, but uh, one thing to remark though is that this is not different in other kinds of software. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not, uh, because when you talk about it like this, it kind of starts, it kind of starts hearing, you have to pay extra for using open source, for the privilege of using open source in all of these other areas even though you don't have to pay for the software itself. But of course, all of those other things are also pretty much applicable in non-open source software. Yep. And in some circumstances, even worse, because I mean, because open source is distributed, built to be implemented, integrated, compiled sometimes by the user, there's documentation for that, there's ways of doing mm-hmm. that, there's other people that have done that, that can help you if something goes wrong. All the closed source stuff, misses that and still requires it from time to time. And I've had more trouble integrating, using stuff I paid for than open source stuff. Mm. And for me, it's actually made me look at open source before I look at paid source things, At closed, let's call it closed source things, not paid source mm. things. Because of that openness today, definitely with the CICD, you develop it, you ship it, you build it, it's all, Continuously updating, integrating, changing, having that part, that build pipeline. Let's call it what it is. Tested, used by a lot of people, and available is a good thing. And an open source. That's just the way it works. Closed source. Whew. I mean, we're using WordPress here for our uh, for our beautiful website for this podcast, which everybody who listens to this has at least visited this one already today. Right. Don't do it because it's a small server. <laughs> um, but we, we went for, I went for WordPress because everybody uses it. You can find a lot of documentation. There's a lot of yeah. stuff around it. Are there paid software? Well, when we started this thing eight years ago, there were a lot of paid solutions out there too. I looked at them then I remember that and I discarded them because I was scared. I was afraid I knew I was going to have to pay that older payment of maintaining it and stuff like that anyway, regardless which one I took, but just the way that the others were hidden in secrecy and obfuscation hell. Mm-hmm. It's just for me a reason, again, to go for open source and not closed source uh, solutions.
1: Yeah. Now, the the benefit, but also the... Um, I suppose in some ways it's a double-edged sword for some people. Some people are looking for something that is... Um, out of the box easy to to deploy if there's a problem you know they they file a support ticket and hopefully have the issue resolved i mean that's not typically the way that uh that things will work in you know your average open source project in most cases the yes you can you can obviously file a a github issue or something similar if, if whatever um, source or issue repository is used by that project and the authors or committers or community may or may not respond and may or may not provide a fix and a timeline that may or may not work for you obviously they're one of the benefits of open source is it does mean that should you have the developer uh, capability um, you can often if we implement something that you know does close a gap that you have and you can also contribute that code back and the the project may or may not accept it as is they may or may not kind of tweak it or they may or may not even actually um, just implement something a different way, or maybe that's not the way that the project wants to go, but you can still you can still get to where you want to, assuming that you have the the skill and the knowledge uh, to be able to do so obviously you you can't do that in a a closed source or proprietary world in many cases but in order to for you to plug that gap it's much more time and effort than just a filing a support case there's a lot of potentially depending on how big or small the, the gap is that you're trying to plug that you know that might be quite a significant amount of time and effort that you would need to invest to do that and in my In my mind in my kind of opinion i would rather have that flexibility now again we've made this comment or i've certainly made this comment a number of times right i am the world's worst developer but like even i have been able to contribute a few fixes here and there to open source projects where there's been something that didn't quite work as i expected and in i would say over half of those cases those fixes have gone into the project in a relatively sane sensible time frame and the projects come out a little bit later with with those fixes in them and it's a for me at least especially um with my terrible development skills um, it's really nice to see sort of contributions going through but especially for me because i'm such a terrible developer it takes me a lot of time and effort even to figure out the simplest of, of fixes so again like it's not it's not free, but I'm not paying money for that that uh, experience. I'm obviously I'm paying it paying in in terms of time. Yeah,
0: I'd agree with the positives you note there, and even add to them that even if you're a terrible developer, Dave level, then because it's open source, a lot of people have been looking at the code, and the chances of it having very bad bugs is going to be smaller than in the closed source mm. solution. So. Even if you are not the developer savvy person, you're still benefiting from that openness of the code. That just works. And again, yeah. you don't need developer skills to add documentation. Much undervalued committer's commitment to open source is writing documentation. I would, however disagree with the negatives you pointed out. As you kind of said, I'm trying to remember here that the potential of being able to deploy it easily uh, without having to do a lot is an advantage of closed source. Have you bought any closed source software recently? I said it can be. Uh, Well, it's very rare. And the second one, the support ticket. Have you ever submitted a support ticket at a company that has a really closed source mindset these days?
1: Uh, Yes. How how enjoyable was that experience? Oh, it was pretty miserable and I've got no progress at all whatsoever.
0: You're paying for a lot of stuff. You have an expectation that's being set that isn't almost always. I'm going to leave room for the exceptions, probably some exceptions out there, but the bigger the companies are, the the more money they have, the less chance you have to actually meet uh, a living human breeding person thingamajig. It's all automated, chatbots are everywhere. I predicted this five years ago by now, I think, and I think mm-hmm. I'm still right with chat, GTP, GPT, It's going to get worse. But I mean, the, the support experience with the bigger companies and I'm thinking of Oracle, IBM, that kind of level is horrendous. You're basically, as unless you are JP, Morgan, Stanley, whatever big company in the world that's committing billions per year to their end line, uh, bottom line, you have nothing as a as a normal user of software. You're number two hundred thousand twenty three and you can ask whatever you want, and they won't fix your bug. Your bug will get fixed if their internal planning has decided that there is a bug and they have to fix it, or people will stop using it in enough in a large enough manner that it affects their bottom line. While in the open source it's pretty much a bit of a i don't know uh, an honor system where i won't have i've have this project out there my name is on it and i don't want it to be buggy i'm going to fix the bugs if they get listed even though it doesn't affect my bottom line because again there's no payment model there so i see what you, I, I hear what you say and in sorry if i'm going to say this in a naive way uh, it might make sense but in the real world i'd say that it's it doesn't work that way, sadly, because yeah. you spend a lot of money on closed-source software these days. But when have uh, when's your last Windows bug you submitted? When's the last time
1: you paid for Windows? That's another thing. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, we're talking about the the ideal situation here. I think in in both cases, I. I don't know. I don't know what the, or maybe talking about the more ideal situation on the closed source side of things, like that should, that should be the way Like you should be able to file a support ticket, you should be able to get things fixed. Like that's the sort of contract and expectations that most organizations set when you start talking yeah. about
0: expectation management is horrendous on the closed source side. And yeah. on the open source side, well, you shouldn't have any expectations to be honest. I mean, you get it for free, if it works, it works, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. <laughs> That's basically yeah. what you paid for, right? Yeah. Um, so in whatever you say, both being in ideal situations perhaps, the open source is at least a more honest one because you can't give me a single closed source company that doesn't over promise and yeah, I was going to say under deliver but they promise a lot and you just have to wait and see if they actually can deliver what they're promising. Mm. But
1: I mean the the if we go back to the premise that's originally being set, nothing is really free, Like I I agree with that, and mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. And I don't think it's a downsor- downside that with open source you are probably expected to dig a little deeper, spend a little bit more time with it, and in a lot of cases end up with a better end result than oh. just... You know going down going down the closed path it based on based on you know what i've seen and the projects that i've worked with and the closed options that i've looked at or considered in the past anyway
0: uh, i would say maybe the end result isn't better but the end feeling will be better. Because again, with open source, you go in with your eyes open, or you should at least go in with your eyes. I mean, it's always dumb people and you're not gonna fix that. But reasonable people will go into open source, eyes open, knowing what to be expected. And if the end result isn't the perfect solution you had in envisioned, at least you haven't. You don't feel cheated because, hey, it was an open source thing, it's what it is. So mm. from, I think one of the reasons open source has so much popularity and good feeling vibes around it is because people have realistic expectations in closed source people go with i would say unrealistic expectations you can't expect an oracle to fix a bug just because you found something that's affecting only you nobody else but because it's closed source and because the marketing of those closed source companies kind of say it they will because you're our best customer you're blah, blah blah the expectation setting is so wrong because there's so much marketing around it and that's a bigger story, actually. Marketing is killing satisfaction these days. Um, for me now, if I look on any kind of web shop, I will typically not buy the one with the most advertisement around it, because if they have to do that much advertising, can't be that good, right? <laughs> And that's yep. yeah. It's again a plus for open source. We, we've talked about uh, about pluses in a couple of uh, in the last month uh, of episodes, but this is a very important one again. that's that feel good factor that you get from getting what you in this case, didn't pay for uh, at the start, perhaps. But just, yeah, the expectation management is so important. And I talk about this a lot in my daily job as well. I mean, as a solution architect, expectation management, that's basically what solution architects supposed to do when the sales rep and the marketing have done their thing, then you as a a sales engineer come in to actually tell the customer, Okay, that's what they said, but actually, <laughs> and depending on the company you work for, there's more or less work to do there. If you look at my resume; you can probably figure out which companies were better or worse on that. Um, but yeah, that's an important uh, aspect for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it does make sense. It does make sense. All right. Well, things that uh, wrapping up with again things that still kind of make sense to me. Uh, apparently a downside i don't really understand how this can be a downside but here we go uh, some projects shouldn't be open source that's a downside right if everything was open source the world would be perfect right <laughs> oh I just see. Common so sense. We've, we've got to have uh, we've got to have conflict in our in our life therefore not everything could be open source right got it um so i I don't I don't really get that this is a a downside as far as I'm concerned I you know I believe open source as being a great way to um, to build software to develop communities around software to drive kind of wider awareness and a wider adoption of software um, but it's also it's, it's a choice like if you we talked towards the very beginning of this series around the community and building a community. And I truly believe that open source is about more than throwing stuff up in a GitHub repo and saying, Hey, here you go, you know, Fix do what you one. like. Yeah. Like it, and that's fine. Uh, like there's nothing wrong with doing that, but that sort of, that misses a big part of open source, which is all about that building that community around it. you know, getting other people interested in the project, potentially, other committers, other contributors, and so you know if if someone is a solo developer and they're you know they've got their own little hobby project that they're using for whatever reason to do whatever thing and they share it openly, fine, great. Like you can download this thing and run this thing with no expectations. Um, it's not open source, but you know you're welcome to play with it. Fantastic, great. Um, should it be open source? Uh, I mean, it might be nice. Then, you know, you see some of these little utilities that people develop, and I'm thinking you know, primarily in my, um, you know, I'm I'm primarily thinking of things like, uh, like game mods or, um, I don't know, gaming utilities that, you know, people develop and they're used while a particular game is popular, and then that person sort of stops playing that game and then, that uh, utility sort of falls out of favor and doesn't work with later versions and all sorts of other things. It might be nice if the source code was available to some of these tools or other similar things. But I mean, it's up to that particular author in the first place. If that author sees benefit in it, then then great. And if they don't, well, that's okay too. I'm not really sure that this is a downside to open source. It's just up to personal preference. Not everyone is looking to build a community. Not everybody is looking for lots of thoughts and opinions and uh, and, and suggestions of ways they could do things and features they should add and all those sort of things. Some people are just looking to, you know, share their code out there as part of their kind of electronic resume, for want of a better word, better phrase. And that's that's fine. Like, I don't know i don't i don't see that as being a problem
0: for me i kind of split the open source into two parts one being community which is a choice do you want to be the dictator of your own project hey it's your project do your thing do you want to be more democratic meritocratic whatever you going to call it and have a community around it Sure, there's good parts, but there's also bad parts. If you don't listen to the community, you will have to change your software probably a little bit because community said A, and you want to do B. Well, majority rules. You at least will have to explain it. <laughs> the second part of it is open code, and that's one that would make a difference. I would say that all projects should be open code. Having your code in the open, there is nothing wrong with that. It's honest. It's open. It'll probably i think it's been proven by now that it will deliver more secure code in the end if more people can look at it and probably for every survey that says a you'll find one that says b so whatever i believe it's the case so open codeness is something i would advocate for everything even the bigger projects out there and nobody's ever going to read all the source code for, for an oracle database i think i hope not mm-hmm. uh but still having it in the open puts a lot of responsibility on the creator of that software, responsibility in their own brand protection, basically their bottom line. So you're probably going to disagree with me on this one, but I don't see a, a downside of having your code in the open and it includes things like security software, to be honest. Yes, but,
1: but <laughs> I mean, I just, the the stories that I've, Seen and heard, and in in a few cases been a part of, where you have software that is created outside of the public domain. Public uh, public domain has a uh, different connotation, but mm. is is, cre- is created outside of open code sort of uh, ideals and is then opened later. Um, it's pretty. Almost universally, it's pretty poor. Like there, the, um, the nu- there are a number of projects that have been anecdotal conversations around where the actual opening of certain projects took quite a lot of time and investment because people weren't um, like basically didn't want the code released as was because it had all sorts of you know terrible hacks and you know creativity sort of. Well, yeah, it's like people needed to hit a deadline to, to get something out or wanted to hit a deadline to get something out. And so they got it out and it worked mostly and it's all fine. But apart from the giant gaping holes in certain parts of it and certain buggy things and other stuff like that, not to mention, I'm not definitely not going to name the particular projects, but like <laughs> there were projects that I know that were developed behind closed doors that when they went through a, an open sourcing approach... Um, found out there were huge kind of um, patent infringements <laughs> um, in the code, proprietary code that someone had just you know, grabbed and lobbed into the into the project that you know no one could tell when it was, uh, or at least only the developers knew when it was behind closed doors. But all of a sudden, when their you know things change and now they have to open source it, it basically had to rewrite massive chunks of the. Uh, of the particular project in order to be able to open source it without uh, uh, certain liabilities so uh, in my mind all of those things are good because all of those things should happen anyway mm-hmm. like if you've got good code it, it should be you know it, it shouldn't infringe patents it should be good it should be secure it should be relatively bug free as much as it is possible like you should make sure there aren't you know terrible hacks in it if you can help it you should be proud of code that you put online, but it's a personal choice at any sort of day. Like I'm thinking about the smaller developers and for the larger organizations, it's not just a personal choice. It's often a very business-driven decision that those organizations do not believe and do not want to be a part of an open source motion. And again, like that's, I truly believe in open source, but if an organization doesn't, well that's that's up to them like i'm not i just don't i don't see this as being a downside to open source that not everything is open source i think there are huge benefits to things being open source but you know if someone decides or an organization decides to release something that isn't open source like fine like i'll i'll vote with my feet vote with my wallet vote with my with my usage and that's you know what whereas that was their prerogative to decide whether to do something open source or not it's my dis- decision whether or not i adopt something open source or not
0: yeah i'm still gonna narrow it down to open code not open source the whole community thing mm-hmm. but all the things you told you, you talked about there were actually advocating my point that everything should be open code because yes you're yep. right and having a closed source project open sourced uh, that's opening the gates of, of hell and everything that's bad in the world because all of those things all the skeletons drop out of the closet, but all of that stuff would probably have been avoided, at least be much shorter lived, if it had been open code to start with, because it would have been noticed and yeah, fixed or disbanded at a much earlier state. So I still say that, uh, vote with your feet, well, basically also saying that don't buy stuff that doesn't have open code, if you have an alternative. That's of course always the, the thing. That being said, you're totally right. Everybody has a choice. If you want to build something, you don't want to open the code because for whatever reason, that is totally your choice. And as with any choice, you accept the consequences and the consequence will be that my feet will walk elsewhere, but that's just me. And my value shouldn't be the value of pe- values of other people. I don't expect other people to think like me, but I do think that everything being open code, maybe not open source, but open code at least. Mm. If the EU would say directive in Europe, everything needs to be open code from now on, I'd say, yeah good idea
1: God, can you imagine the absolute car <laughs> i was thinking about it. i mean oh, that
0: would be so beautiful to see all of these big companies oh boy that would be that would be so nice
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, uh, here. <laughs> indeed indeed unless there's anything else from you i think i ruined uh, the world enough. yeah well on that uh, rather chaotic point uh, that is all the time we have for the day. You can support this podcast by becoming a Patreon. Every contribution really does help. As mentioned at the start, we are on YouTube. You can like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, comment, do all the YouTube things. You can go to RoaringElephant.org for a link to our Patreon page. And for more information about the podcast, follow us on Twitter using the at RoaringElephant tag. Until next time, my name is open source is still pretty good in my book dave
0: and i am open dna so my name is public knowledge anyway
1: right (laughs) and we look forward to talking to you next week goodbye see you then